Are you concerned that you're administering too much discipline and not enough grace? Or too much grace and not enough discipline with your children? Are you longing to be the best parent you can be, but deep down you're afraid you're scarring them for life? Or worse, giving them enough material to start their own podcast one day? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. If you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. Thank you so much for your support, which enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. If someone asked me, Katie, what is the key to homeschooling with confidence? I would tell them three things. Number one, God's word can't and won't homeschool without it. Number two, coffee, lots of it. And number three, encouragement from fellow homeschooling families. My husband and I have attended homeschooling conferences since our first year of homeschooling, and I am convinced that I wouldn't have the confidence I have today without the wisdom and encouragement I receive year after year. Friends, if you're a homeschooling parent or if you're considering it at all, I highly encourage you to load up the family and join us at the Teach Them Diligently Convention in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and that's May 5th through 7th, 2022. Ginger and I will both be speaking, and when we're not, we'll be hanging out in the booth selling Ginger's resources and encouraging parents to reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. For more information about Teach Them Diligently, go to teachthemdiligently.net. Again, that's May 5th through 7th in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and use the code GINGER to get $20 off your ticket order at teachthemdiligently.net. Now, Ginger, before we read our listener question, why don't you tell our listeners where you'll be in just a few weeks? Yes, that would be great. Just a quick reminder to everyone that I will be speaking at the Ignite Women's Conference in St. Louis, Missouri, March 25th through 27th, and I would love to meet you guys there. For more information and to register, just head over to ignitewomen.org and use the code GH30. Okay, now for today's listener question, Stephanie from Australia writes this. Still absolutely loving your podcast with Katie. You both exude passion and love for God through the way you speak and talk about God's word. I am so encouraged and spurred on to keep God at the forefront of my parenting, praying for you both. Uh, And then she says, I have a question around showing grace to our kids. Katie, it's so interesting how different cultures use different wording. We would say, I have a question about showing grace, whereas she said, I have a question around showing grace. I love the way Australians talk. It's one of my favorite accents, and it actually makes me miss Steve Irwin. Two people I've never met but cried when they died are Steve Irwin and Billy Graham. (laughs) Katie, in honor of our Australian listener question today, but mainly for my personal entertainment, I think you should read Stephanie's question with an Australian accent. How about that? Oh, that's not, no, that's not going to work, Ginger, mainly because, true story, I dated an Australian guy in college. And I had a really hard time communicating with him. Uh, Honestly, couldn't understand half of what he was saying. If we talked on the phone, I could face-to-face, but not over the phone. I did like that he called me Katie Mate. His Katie Mate. (laughs) 
That was reason enough to date him. <laughs> yeah, right. But my husband's going to love this part of today's show. Anyway, here is Stephanie's question. I have a question around showing grace to our kids. I feel like I'm finding this hard to display properly with my almost three-year-old. After his consequence, I make sure to show him love by giving him a cuddle and explaining that I love him too much to let him disobey. However, I'm confused how to show this further. He hasn't been much of a physically affectionate boy, so he doesn't always like the hug after. I'm worried that I'm not showing him enough grace, but then I'm not sure how else to do that. My husband once said, I'm going to show you grace by not giving you a consequence this time. But I think that has stuck now. And sometimes he says, show me grace, show me grace before a consequence. (laughs) Would you have any wisdom to share on this? Well, first off, I can't say that I blame your child for waving the show me grace flag in an attempt (laughs) to avoid consequences, because I don't know of anyone who actually enjoys suffering consequences for sin. But consequences for sin are necessary for spiritual growth. Consequences are biblical and they're actually a reflection of God's grace. Ooh, that's quotable. I'm going to say that again. Consequences are biblical, and they're a reflection of God's grace. So in other words, discipline isn't the antithesis of grace, right? Right. They actually go hand in hand. Our loving God places consequences for sin into our lives because He loves us, because He is a gracious God who wants us to abide in Him and delight in His law. He knows that when we don't obey His commands, it does not go well with us. Uh, That's Deuteronomy 12, 28, by the way. Discipline is God's loving way of bringing us back to where we need to be. So it's for our own good. And we as parents are called to exemplify the love of our Heavenly Father to our children. Discipline is part of God's beautiful plan because it imparts wisdom. When our children experience consequences for their disobedience, they learn the law of the harvest. They learn that God has built the principle of sowing and reaping into their worlds. That's a valuable lesson. It's a lesson that encourages wise choices. So it's a lesson that we as parents want to teach, not avoid. To avoid administering consequences when our children disobey in the name of grace is to misinterpret grace. Proverbs 3.12 says the Lord disciplines those he loves. That's right. It's when God turns away and removes his hand of discipline that we should really begin to be terrified by that. The writer of Hebrews quoted the same Psalm you did, Ginger, and he added this in Hebrews 12, verse eight. If you are left without discipline in which you all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Mm, That's right. If we're not being disciplined by our heavenly father, if the Holy Spirit is not bringing conviction into our hearts when we sin, that's when we need to be afraid because Mm -hmm. that means that our hearts have become hardened and we're in danger of being turned over to our sins. And nothing should be more frightening to any of us than that. Romans 1 warns about people who are in this critical spiritual state. Verse 21 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Further down in verses 28 through 32, it goes on to describe how people who have hardened their hearts to conviction and discipline turn out. And it ain't pretty. Those verses say, furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. So they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. 
Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. You know, that's interesting. They also approve of those who practice them. That just really stuck with Mm. me. I don't want to go down that road, and I pray that my kids won't want to go down that road. And I'm sure you guys feel the same. That's why we should welcome discipline and conviction, because those are the avenues that God uses to keep us on the course of His will, which is described in Romans 12, too, as His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mm. It would be unloving if our Heavenly Father did not discipline His children. Thankfully, we serve a loving, merciful, and gracious Father. The Bible speaks a lot about how parents are to mirror God the Father's relationship with His children. And part of mirroring that relationship is found in obeying His commands to discipline our children, just as He disciplines His. We're told in Proverbs 13, 24, that whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, notice that word careful. Biblical discipline is not an abusive, anger-provoking reaction to a child's bad behavior. It's a careful, wisdom-encouraging response for training their hearts. That word hate is really provocative, and I think it probably makes many parents uncomfortable, especially if they're in this mindset that discipline and grace are mutually exclusive. But what I hear you saying is that when loving discipline is administered the way God intends, it's not just a physical act that brings about change in behavior. It is a spiritual act that brings about wisdom. Yes, but it's actually not what I'm saying that matters. Truth is not what I think or what I say, but what God's Word says. It's important that we have a biblical understanding and a biblical view of discipline. When we understand and appreciate that God disciplines those He loves, we view discipline through the lens of love, and we administer discipline as an act of love. When we tell our children we're not going to discipline them because we're showing grace, we risk them misunderstanding grace. Ooh, say that one again, please, Ginger, because I think it's the crux of the entire episode today. Sure. If we tell our children we're not going to discipline them because we're showing grace, we risk them misunderstanding grace. We don't want them to be confused by mixed signals. If one day mom or dad says, I'm going to show you grace today and not discipline you for disobedience, but the next day does discipline for disobedience— What is that saying to the child about grace? It's saying that on the days that you choose to discipline, you're not showing grace. Our God, who is forgiving and merciful and full of grace, has made consequences for sin part of His loving plan to redirect our paths. So that's why it's important for our children to understand that discipline and love and grace are all connected. Now, I'm going to agree with our Aussie friend, Stephanie, and we've actually had this question from a lot of other readers as well. This discipline thing is much more difficult for parents than it is for their kids. Sorry, kids, if you're listening. It just is. It's the truth. It pains me to see my children in any kind of pain, be it physical, emotional, or spiritual, and to feel like I'm the one inflicting that pain, even if it's measured and temporary, is extremely difficult to do. And Ginger, I remember early in our kids' lives, we did the same thing that Stephanie described. We sometimes decided to show them grace, and we actually used those exact words, mm-hmm. and not administer discipline. But what we both realized pretty quickly is that, one, our kids started to expect that or request it. And number two, that's actually not at all what the Bible instructs parents to do. Withholding or avoiding discipline and calling it grace, that's not grace. That's right. The command to parents is clear in Proverbs twenty three thirteen. It says, do not withhold discipline from a child. 
That's right. But seriously, I don't know anyone who really looks forward to disciplining their kids. I hope not. And that's because it's a hard thing to do. But to avoid disciplining a child who is in need of correction is not loving. It's selfish. Oh, wow. I feel attacked. This keeps happening, Ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all know. Convicted, not attacked. (laughs) That's right. Big difference. Yeah, huge difference. (laughs) We all know that there's nothing fun about disciplining our kids. It's hard. It's painful for us, and it's painful for our children. No parent wants to see their kids suffer consequences. It's it's just not pl- a pleasant experience for anyone. But Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Does your child struggle with whining or lying and you aren't sure how to get to the heart of those issues and address them from a biblical perspective? Then I'm excited to tell you about a new children's book series I've co-authored with my friend Al Rowland called Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely. In the first book, Sam and the Sticky Situation, children learn that there are better ways to communicate than whining. And in the second book, Chloe and the Closet of Secrets, they learn why telling the truth is always best. Both books have a parent page to help children understand why whining and lying are wrong and how they can always turn to Jesus for help. So I hope you'll check out the Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely series. I think you and your children will be encouraged. And Ginger, one thing we have to consider when deciding whether or not to be consistent with our discipline is that our inconsistency is both confusing and unfair to our children. It contributes to their insecurity because they have no idea what to expect from mom and dad any given day. So listeners, if you need some encouragement in that area of being consistent with discipline, head all the way back, way back to episode three. We talked a good bit on that episode about what worldly discipline looks like. So basically to deflect their behavior in order to not harm their self-esteem. That's the worldly form of discipline. But Instead, giving our kids consistent boundaries by enforcing biblical consequences, that is the healthiest thing for our children. My favorite quote from that episode is when you said this, Ginger, when we establish boundaries for our children, we're giving them the freedom to determine when there will be consequences. They're corrected by their own choice rather than it being based on the emotion or the mood or the whim of the parent. A secure, confident, and emotionally healthy child is a child that knows his boundaries and is consistently corrected when he oversteps those boundaries. Oh, that's gold. That, that's wonderful. So again, listeners, head back to episode three to hear more of that. Okay, Ginger, let's go back to our listener's question, uh, who was also concerned about her son's resistance to hugs and affection. She wrote this, after his consequence, I make sure to show him love by giving him a cuddle and explaining that I love him too much to let him disobey. However, I'm confused how to show this further. He hasn't been much of a physically affectionate boy, so he doesn't always like the hug after. I'm worried that I'm not showing him enough grace, but then I'm not sure how else to do that. Well, I hope that we've clarified that loving consequences are a part of grace, but let's talk Mm. about how you might show grace in other ways as well. First, some kids need a minute after being disciplined. They just do. They're all different. I had one that immediately wanted to hug and snuggle after and another that needed that cooling down period before restoration. Grace is shown in studying and understanding the needs of our kids and then meeting those needs. And also some folks are just more naturally affectionate than others. I mean, I'm all about a good hug and snuggling with my husband, Ronnie, but nothing speaks more grace and love to me than when I'm too busy, usually working on podcasts, to (laughs) clean the kitchen so he'll clean it for me. 
Forget the hugs and flowers, and please don't bring me chocolate. Just clean the kitchen for me. (laughs) That's grace for me. That's love for me. Okay, Ronnie, so if you're listening, forget the chocolate for Valentine's Day and anniversaries. Just clean the kitchen and then take Ginger to the nearest snack bar and get that girl a hot dog and some honey barbecue Fritos. <laughs> that is romance right there. Romance at its <laughs> finest. And, you know, that's right. Those uh, hot dogs and barbecue Fritos, especially the twisty kind, you know, that I talked about. Did I talk about those on your show or was that on Instagram? Oh, yeah. You talked about, I, I think talk you talked about them on the show. On the show, yeah. did I? Okay. Y'all, y'all just please don't get those. Either like that or on our Instagram when we had, we were answering I, questions I think it was on Instagram. Instagram. I talked about them being okay. the devil's chips. So, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't. And I think that's probably really accurate in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So if Ronnie gets me the hot dog and those barbecue Fritos I like, that's almost as good as cleaning the kitchen. But let me tell you something. If he does both, he's going to get a lot of love and grace in return. Okay. Let's stop there before I have to put a parental <laughs> guidance disclaimer at the top of the show. <laughs> anyway, before we really put our foot in our mouths, the point is that love and grace go hand in hand and that we are all so very different. So study your child. What makes him feel loved? Most kids, like us, demonstrate love in the way that love speaks to them. For example, Mm. does your child say things like, you never play with me? Or do you sense their frustration because they have to repeat something they've said several times because you weren't paying attention? One huge way that grace and love are shown to our kids is by spending time with them and listening to them, even though sometimes we'd really rather be doing something else. And even when our kids are not being so lovable. It's so convicting to me when I think about God, who is Lord of all, and how he takes time to listen to me and to be present with me when I cry out to him, even when I'm behaving badly. That's grace. The Mm. fact that God is never too busy for his children, and he's always there for us, even when we're not acting as we should, that's grace. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. And Jeremiah 29.12 and 13 says that when you call on me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And what's so amazing to me is that he's not just present for us sometimes, but he is always with his children. He says in Joshua 1, 9, that he is with us wherever we go. He says in Deuteronomy 31, 6, that he will never leave us or forsake us. And he promises in Matthew 28, 20, that he is with us to the very end of the age. So if God, who is our father, shows the grace and love to be that attentive to and that present for his children, shouldn't we as parents follow that example? What a beautiful witness for his grace and his love when we do. Grace and love are shown to our kids when we feel like we're too tired to listen, but we engage in those conversations with interest anyway, even though it's this 10-minute discussion about how uh, they built a house out of Legos or a (laughs) birthday party that they're planning for their baby doll. Or like their fourth favorite color. Uh, But you know what you said Mm -hmm. about being too tired to listen, Ginger, that is the main reason I don't let my kids play Fortnite. I'm kidding. Kind of. I can't stand (laughs) hearing about, you know, a 20 minute rant on a video game. That just makes me crazy. But I do think it's important for us to keep in mind when our kids are still very young, that not being willing to listen to these seemingly insignificant things when they're that young, could affect their willingness to talk to us about the really significant things when they're much older. Mm, That is a very good point, Katie. 
Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Christy from Georgia. <laughs> it's just your favorite word to say, Kate. It is my Georgia. favorite word to say. <laughs> you know, I've noticed we do have a lot of listeners from Georgia, and I'm thinking it's probably because we don't need a translator with them. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder if some of our international listeners wonder, are these two even speaking English? I just, <laughs> probably. <laughs> They're all probably sitting around drinking tea, staring at this like, someone please yeah. <laughs> what, are they, what do they say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, Christy writes this. To help my toddlers learn to put their shoes on the correct feet, I would draw a smiley face on the instep of each shoe. When the two faces were kissing, they knew their shoes were on the right feet. That's oh, that adorable. Is, it is. That is so cute. What a fun way to get them to put their shoes on by themselves, which that is the ultimate goal, right? Oh, absolutely. That's a huge milestone in getting out of the house in less than an hour. It you is. know, when they can put their own shoes mm-hmm. on, that's a big deal. It is. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, thank you for yet another kind and loving kick in the pants. <laughs> it's hard to hear the truth, but I love how you do it with such grace. And that's what this episode is all about. So can you leave us with a final word of encouragement? Disciplining our children is not a pleasant thing to do, but it's a necessary thing to do because it's what God has called us to do. When we're consistent to discipline the way God intends, which is with love and grace and gentleness and forgiveness, then our children will view discipline through the lens of God's goodness. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubber.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering a 10% discount on her audio series, Reaching the Heart of Your Child, which is available in CD format or as a digital download. This three-session series is based on the content of Ginger's best-selling parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, and it addresses topics such as how to reach the heart of your child, how to give a biblical reproof, and the biblical use of the rod. The digital download is perfect for our international listeners because there are no shipping costs, and if you enter the code parenting at gingerhubber.com, you can get 10% off. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Speaking of encouragement, Ginger is now offering live stream presentations for MOPs, Mothers of Preschoolers, and other moms groups. For more information, have your group coordinator fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.